Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, so my guest today is Emma Kessler and we're talking all about food freedom, body image and disordered eating. So for those who don't know, Emma Kessler is a holistic health coach and Reiki practitioner based in New York City. She spent years restricting, binging and following diets that promote fat loss to mold herself into an ideal body. This damaged her hormones and metabolism and she lost her period throughout the cycle of restrictive eating and yo-yo dieting. She now helps women build healthy new habits around food that don't involve dieting, restricting and obsessing about food so that they can achieve sustainable weight loss, feel vibrant, energetic and confident in their own bodies and lives. So in this episode, we discuss Emma's health journey in much more detail and her experience with disordered eating and how she eventually healed from that and her hormone and gut issues how to manage dealing with health issues, but also not falling into an orthorexic, so health obsessed kind of pattern. Because sometimes you do need to go on an elimination diet for digestive issues or food sensitivities. So it's easy to fall into food fear. Letting go of your identity as being the fit or super healthy friend, if this is no longer serving you. And it can be very hard to kind of transition out of that when it's really your identity and how energy healing and working on emotional health can actually improve your relationship with food and your body. So apologies for some sound interference at the beginning. We were trying to figure out what it was. Um, I think it was maybe Emma's microphone. So it's for the first maybe 10, 15 minutes, there's some like crackling noises, but then everything settles down. So hope you enjoy this episode and all the information mentioned will be in the episode show notes. So hi, Emma. Welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Hi, Vivian. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you today about your health journey, disordered eating, dieting, those types of things, um, because a lot of women listening to this podcast, they're already pretty healthy. They're eating a great diet, they're exercising, but some of them are like bordering on being a little bit too obsessed with health which isn't a great thing so we want to find a nice balance and I think you were the right person to have on to um, chat about that but before we get into it I want to know about your journey how you got into holistic health uh, why you became a coach so take as long as you want to talk us through that yeah so hello everyone I'm Emma I'm a holistic health coach and a Reiki healer I live in New York and it was a long long journey to figure out that I wanted to be a coach and help women with the same things that I struggled with. So I went on my first diet when I was 12 years old. I was quite an overweight child. 
So, you know, my mother, being a concerned parent, wanted me to go on a diet, as did the doctors, um, because my health was starting to deteriorate, even, even in, at such a young age. So I started exercising. I started watching what I ate. And that was such a pivotal time because adolescence, you know, you're forming all of your relationships and your habits. And, you know, I started to lose weight. And then I got a lot of positive feedback from my classmates, from my peers. Child, I was kind of made fun of a lot, as kids do. Kids are really mean. So when I started getting the opposite kind of attention, it just reinforced that I need to be thin in order to be loved, in order to be popular, in order to be accepted from other people. So that's kind of where that cycle began of my, my dieting and restricting food and over-exercising. Um, all throughout high school, I counted calories. I would essentially try to match my exercise to what I ate, to the calories that I ate. And eventually my mom took me to an adolescent specialist where she didn't diagnose me with an eating disorder, but she wanted me to keep a food journal. And, you know, not that I was honest. <laughs> I still lied about what I was eating. I would eat carrots and raisins all day and then you know, I would say I was eating all this food in my, in my food journal because I was having issues with my period. They put me on the pill at 13 years old and I was on the pill for about 13 years. And all throughout that time, I was still dieting. I was still restricting. Um, I wanted so badly to stay popular and stay accepted by my peers. So I did everything in my power to stay thin. Little did I know that I was damaging my, my health in the process. And um, of course, the pill wasn't helping either. <laughs> but yeah, I was never officially diagnosed with an anorexia eating disorder. But looking back, I know that's exactly what I was dealing with because, you know, how they have all of the criteria for an eating disorder. I guess I just didn't tick all the boxes that needed to be ticked. So they were just like, you know, you're fine. You're just a little on the thin side and just make sure to eat enough, kind of brushing me off and just take the pill and your period will even out. So that's what I did. And my mother, you know, she didn't know any better. She was just trying to do her best. So I, I kept restricting all throughout high school. Um, but then what I would do is I would be so hungry, I would come home from school and I would binge. I would just sit on the floor with a spoon and a jar of peanut butter and I would eat the whole thing. And this was a cycle every single day. So really, really unhealthy. Um, I was really depressed. I was really anxious. I hated my body. Uh, I d definitely didn't love myself. I'm just so uncomfortable in my skin. And I just didn't understand why. I didn't know that I had a problem at the time. 
um, I kind of thought that everyone did what I did because that's just what you hear about from teenage girls. Everyone is watching their weight and trying to be thin and trying to have a flat stomach. And it was just very normalized. So I did that all throughout high school. And then when I got to college, I wanted to get into fitness. Being fit and strong was in at the time. So I started working out. I started running. I started doing CrossFit. And I noticed that, wow, I can't keep eating what I've been eating because I have absolutely no energy to do these workouts. So I started a paleo-based diet. And that actually helped me a lot. Um, I started to learn about food. I fell in love with, with fitness and nutrition. Started, you know, learning that I had certain food intolerances. I wasn't really um, digesting dairy and gluten very well. So I just started to notice things about my body and how food interacted with me. And then. I went from being anorexic to being orthorexic, which again, at the time I didn't know that I had a problem, but it was to the point where I would so closely monitor every single thing that I ate. I was tracking my macros and if everything didn't add up perfectly, I felt horrible about myself and I would eat perfectly all week. And then on the weekend I would binge on ice cream and cookies and junk food. So it was the same exact thing as high school, just with a lens of health. I thought I was doing right by my health because during the week I was eating, you know, meats and sweet potatoes and berries and nuts. And I was like, well, at least I'm healthy now, right? I'm eating healthy food. But then on the weekend, it was the same thing. It was the same thing of a binge restrict controlling cycle. I still hated my body. Um, I had gained a bit of weight. I'd gained a lot of muscle. I was definitely healthier, definitely fitter, but my mindset was still the same. I still had the same unhealthy thought patterns around food, exercise in my body. So I was still really uncomfortable in my skin and I was still on the pill. I still had issues with my period. I still had mood issues. Um, I always had gut issues. I was always bloated, always, you know, constipated, um, just always so uncomfortable. So, yeah, that continued for many, many years. And then um, I think when I was about 22, 23, I just decided to get off the pill. I don't even know why. It was just like a light bulb. I was like, I've been on this thing for so long. And I wonder what my body would do without it because I was starting to learn more about holistic health and I was reading that it's not so good to be on for a really long time. So I just stopped at cold turkey and then I didn't get my period for four years. So that was concerning um, and that kind of led to all of my research on holistic health and learning how to balance my body naturally. And I started looking into certain things. I started learning a lot about gut health and hormone health. And I started experimenting with different diets to see if it would help my gut feel better because at that point, I didn't even care that I didn't have my period. I just, my, I just didn't want my stomach to be so uncomfortable all of the time where it was interacting with my daily life. It was affecting 
how I socialized, how I, how I just, how I felt every single day. So, um, I did the, the low FODMAP diet. I tried veganism. I tried being vegetarian. I tried, I tried so many things and nothing helped. Um, but it was the same orthorexic mindset where if I could just control what I eat, I'll be happy or I'll be fulfilled or I was still manipulating food um, to make my body look a certain way along with being on these restrictive diets for my gut. And I'm sure you know the low FODMAP diet is very, very restrictive. And I wasn't working with a practitioner. I was just doing this all on my own. So I was on that for like three years. And now I know it's not the best thing to be on for more than a couple of months because it's so restrictive. It really changes the gut microbiome. So um, that might have done more harm than good. But what it did do was get me to notice that I had a lot of sen certain sensitivities. So I just started going down the rabbit hole and started finding out all this stuff about gut dysbiosis. So I eventually sought out a functional medicine doctor that did all of the proper testing. I found out a lot of underlying health issues that I had. I had parasites, SIBO, H. pylori, um, low thyroid. I mean, the list goes on and on. And who knows where that started, the chicken or the egg. I don't even know. But I came to the realization that in order to heal my gut and to heal my hormones, um, because I still didn't have a period at that time, I had to eat more. I had to eat differently. I had to stop controlling my food. I had to stop over-exercising. Um, at that point, I was still exercising to earn my food. But on the outside, it was like I identified as that person who was really healthy, fit, and in shape. That was my identity. So from the outside, no one knew that I had a problem. I mean, people knew I was very controlling and, and militant about how I ate, but they just thought, oh, she's just really disciplined, really dedicated about her health and fitness. And it was an admirable quality, you know, but on the inside, I, I still, I felt so out of control, even though I was controlling all of these things. I think that's what I was really trying to achieve was that sense of control. But I realized that I had to let go of that in order to get my health back because I had just learned so much over the years of researching holistic health and whatnot. And I had to choose. I had to choose between my health and potentially gaining weight. And it was not an easy decision because it was something I had controlled. I had identified as this, you know, thin person my whole life. And I was just like, I need to just let go because I'm, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be healthy if I, if I don't change something. So I stopped. I stopped tracking my food. I stopped over-exercising. I just stopped kind of like overnight. Um, and it was really, really difficult. And that led me to a lot of mindset work that I did on myself and going to therapy helped as well and just building a network of people. So 
it's, it's been a journey of about two years that I've been consistently working on my, on my health and, you know, just letting my body do what it wanted to do. I ended up gaining about 30 pounds over the course of two years. And today I'm heavier than I ever was, but I'm the healthiest that I've ever been. And the happiest actually learning how to love my body as it changes because it's doing what it needs to do and I'm nourishing it and nurturing it in the way that it should be as opposed to forcing it to do something that it's actually not meant to do and you know I believe that now I'm at my weight set point I think I was my body is meant to be at that this weight <laughs> really but I was forcing it to be 30 pounds less than it was by manipulating all of these things. And, you know, for those of you listening, if you're doing something where it's a constant everyday struggle and like a forcing of like, if you eat a little bit more, you gain weight. Well, then you're not meant to eat that little, you know, you're meant to be a little bit heavier. And once you, once you accept that, and once I accepted that, that's when I was able to truly just surrender and give in. And that's when I started getting my health back. So I finally got my period back and it's been regular for two years. Um, I cleared up all my gut infections and um, I mean, I'm still working on stuff. You can't really undo 25 years of damage in a few months, but I'm just patient and consistent. And when those thoughts come back of, you know, I still have those thoughts of wanting to con control things, but it's about not engaging with them and realizing where they're really coming from. And I've learned that it's always some kind of emotion that's not being addressed in, in any sort of way. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, it's going to be journey. a lifelong, <laughs> lifelong thing that you just need to manage and be aware of. And I find that as well, like people for myself, with that whole journey my started off that way wanting to tone up i'm using quotation marks here um and just get a little healthier but i have a bit of an obsessive personality so when i get into something i take it to the extreme and compounded by people um giving you praise and saying how good you look and that fuels the issue and the disordered eating but then mine turned into focusing on weight and kind of um, health to well focusing on weight mainly and body image to then developing issues like SIBO and parasites and having multiple food sensitivities I had a disordered eating pattern in that aspect as well because I then was like oh my god I can't eat because it's going to make me react um, so how did you deal with addressing the gut issues and maybe having to limit certain foods gluten dairy maybe garlic and onions like really high FODMAP foods that are a problem for a lot of people and not falling back into those disordered eating patterns. Did it help that you were working with a practitioner? Yeah, it definitely did help that I was working with a practitioner to guide me and she knew about my history. So that was really helpful to have that support. But um, maybe at the time it wasn't the best mindset to have, but I was still in the beginning. I was of my of my journey to just accepting my body as it was, as it changed. So I still had those thought patterns of being able to restrict, 
I guess so. And I was already not eating gluten and dairy and sugar and things like that. So I was kind of used to it. So I went on this gut protocol and a lot of the foods um, I wasn't able to track. Like I didn't know how many calories they had. So that's that kind of actually helped me um, stop obsessing about it because I was like, if I don't know what it is and you know, what's the point of trying to figure it out. So I just, that was when I just gave it up. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just, I just ate the foods that I was supposed to eat lots of bone broth and stews and easy to digest foods. I was basically doing a leaky gut protocol plus low FODMAP plus low histamine because I also had histamine intolerance where I would eat chocolate or berries or spinach and I would get so itchy and I would get a rash. So um, I was used to being restrictive, but I wasn't used to not tracking. So I kind of, it was like I let one, I was able to let one thing go at a time. So it wasn't like all at once. So it wasn't too overwhelming for me. So I let go of the counting and the tracking. I just ate intuitively, ate when I was hungry. Um, I ate the things that I could eat, you know, because I also had the thought of I'm not restricting to manipulate my body and to control. I'm restricting to heal my body now. I had a different mindset about it. Whereas like I'm healing rather than I'm controlling and trying to like look a certain way. So um, I did that first and then once I was able to tolerate more foods, I just slowly started adding things in, testing things out and over time I was able to tolerate more and more things. My histamine intolerance completely went away. Um, I started introducing more FODMAP, so just slowly but surely I started adding more foods in so it was like a slow process. It wasn't all at once where I was like completely bombarded by a completely different lifestyle. Um, so that helped. And just keeping that in mind of I'm healing, I'm healing like constantly with the positive affirmations was really helpful. And I, I started to delve into why I had all of those issues around food and my body and working on the root of, of that. Where did my control issues come from? Where did my body image issues come from? And figuring out the root of those things with the help of a therapist. Um, I was also working with an NTP. So this whole net network of practitioners that I had along my journey was really, really helpful. Um, not sure I could have done it completely alone, but I was very determined to get better and I knew that my situation and my whole journey was for a reason. Um, I always knew that I wanted to do something either related to food, nutrition, fitness. I just wasn't sure how I was going to do it and during this whole journey it kind of clicked for me that I'm supposed to go through this so I can help other people that have these issues because, you know, I think 
health now is so is so in right keto and paleo and this and that and it's so normalized to restrict and and control certain things but it's through the lens of health right um and i think a lot of people in those spaces fall into orthorexic patterns whether they realize it or not and i was in denial i remember when i first heard that term being explained i was so triggered i was so angry i was like there i'm not that's not me i'm just healthy and you know when something triggers you it's usually <laughs> because that is you and you have to take a look at that so i just started i just started looking for triggers almost to get deep down into why I did what I did and yeah just just really getting into the like the root root cause of your behaviors and your patterns was helpful yeah people would be so surprised the people listening how many health coaches and nutritionists actually have like really bad relationships with food um like they're posting pictures of their meals but they're actually not eating those things I've worked with like a number of quite popular health coaches and um, influencers and things like that. And it's crazy to see the difference between like real life. I know we do like the before and after like real life versus Instagram and how it really is a highlight reel. So just a reminder to everyone, like don't be fooled into thinking someone's living this healthy, natural lifestyle because you really don't know what people are actually doing and what they're going through. I try to be like really transparent and open on my profile. Um, like times, like I passed out last week and I was like telling people, don't do what I did. I like detox too much. Or if I get a breakout, I'm like, I'm human as well. Like showing the, the real life. Um, and some people think that that is going to be a turn off. Like who's going to want to work with you when you're like struggling or you're not hundred percent perfect. But I think it actually makes people, want to work with you and find out more because they like think oh this is actually a real human behind the screen yeah i completely agree um i try to be transparent as well on my on my instagram like i'll post stories of hey this is coming up for me today or like i was at the beach today and i found myself critiquing my body before i left or you know things like that you know because when you've had those thoughts for so many years that they're just so ingrained you know I don't I don't really believe that you ever a hundred percent heal from an eating disorder I mean you might not be doing the behaviors but the thoughts still creep in um it's just like I said earlier about engaging or not engaging with them and realizing where they're really coming from and that's what I do I ask myself and Usually there's a reason, like an underlying reason that is emotionally related or situational, something in my life going on, maybe that I feel like I don't have control over. So it's the old thought pattern of, I can't control this situation or I can't control what's going on in my life. So I'm going to try to control my eating because that is, you know, physically the only thing that anyone can control that I can think of right now, really, you know, mm -hmm. you can control what you put in your body. And I think that's why it's so common, eating disorders and orthorexia. And how do you, how did you deal with that mindset around, 
oh, I'm like the healthy fit friend. I'm like the gym goer. I eat the salads and I don't drink. Um, like changing that over, that can be difficult because it's like your personal identity. So do you have any tips around that? Yeah, it was actually really tough, but um, yeah, I struggled with that for a while, actually. It was a big ego thing for me, um, but I kind of, I tried to turn it around as to, you know, I can, you can still be healthy and fit and be, how can I word it? Like health conscious, but you don't yeah, have to take you can, it to the extreme. Exactly. So I kind of changed that to you can be health conscious, fit and healthy without, you know, that being, being obsessive just, and yeah. controlling. So I kind of switched it. So my, like, I didn't have to identify anymore as someone was, who was super lean and shredded because that's what I felt like I had to be. I felt like if I let myself gain weight, um, going through my, my health journey that I wouldn't be able to identify as such anymore, but just changing the lens on it, I think is really helpful of, you know, just being really transparent and because by me doing that, I've received more positive feedback than I ever have, you know? So you know, what just... about the mindset with like weight gain as well? So you're saying you're maybe the heaviest that you've ever been, but you're also the healthiest and happiest, but that can also be a really big struggle and it can keep people stuck in their restrictive patterns and their habits because they're like, I need to stick with these size six jeans or my life is over. Um, so how to also deal with having to gain weight for health and happiness reasons. Yeah, so that also goes back to identifying the root cause of those thoughts and those emotions. I, I struggled with that too. I kept size zero jeans in my closet for years and I only got rid of them a few months ago. Um, it's, it's almost like a cord cutting of your, of your old, um, of your old, thought patterns um yeah it's it's a lot um definitely realizing that in order to heal you you kind of have to let go of of that old body um I mean, it sounds kind of woo-woo, but I do like a cord cutting meditation. I was doing that over and over, trying to essentially cut the cord of my mind being connected to that body. Like I was, I was afraid of the unknown of what my body would look like and how I would feel. Like I couldn't picture myself in a healthy body and a bigger body because that's all I knew. So I started visualizing myself as healthy, um, visualizing myself as healed and not bloated and, you know, happy and not anxious and not depressed because of all of the gut issues that I think were caused by all of my restriction. 
you know, it was like a domino effect of anxiety and depression. So I was just picturing myself how I wanted to be. So I think remembering your big why, how do you want to feel? And then what do you need to do to feel that way? You're not going to feel that way if you stay stuck with, I need to stay in these size jeans, right? So just realizing that and just picturing myself in the healthy body that I wanted to be in, even if it was a bit bigger, was really helpful. So that's, that's one thing I would say for sure. And, you know, also figuring out where the thought of I need to be this size for whatever reason, it was like, okay, so what about, why is it this number? Why is it this size? People, you know, people weigh themselves every day and they get stuck on like one certain number, right? It'll be like some random number, not even an even number. Like I want to weigh 122 pounds, right? It's like, why figuring out why your mind fixated on that number? Where did that originally come from? I did a lot of shadow work on where my ideas of a body that looked good came from and usually that comes from childhood or your upbringing or who raised you essentially my mom was always into health and fitness was always trying to be thinner and leaner with a flatter stomach she went to the gym and had a trainer and would drink you know those v8 juices in place of meals you know in the name of health so she was trying to show me, you know, how to be healthy, but that's all she knew. So she did her best. So I realized that a lot of it came from my mother always being on some kind of diet or some kind of thing for her health. So, you know, going way, way back and figuring out where those thoughts came from. And, you know, that was really helpful too. Yeah. Those are like the two biggest things. And I even found like a, a journal the other day when I was like the other week when I was clearing out my stuff, getting ready to move. I found this journal. I was like, oh, what's this from 2007? I can't remember. I can't do off the top of my head how old I was. Maybe like 13, 14 at that point. And it was like a food journal. It was like absolutely terrible. <laughs> I was thinking I was healthy. I was doing like um, bran flakes with skim milk. And then I was having um nutella on like two pieces of whole wheat bread thinking that i was being healthy because it was like lower calorie and then i'd have like a plain chicken salad like grilled chicken breast with iceberg lettuce yeah i don't know what was going on at that moment but i'd also made a note of and i actually remember doing this i think i was watching america's next top model um and they were doing like measurements of the model so i wrote down as like a goal the chest waist and hip size of the model and i was trying to get to that this was like a six foot five tall slim goddess woman and i was like trying to fit my body into that i'm pretty tall i'm 5 11 but somehow i thought i could manipulate all of my different measurements to fit that obviously i failed and the diary ended shortly after shortly after that point but that's crazy isn't it to think um, and I never thought that I had these thoughts at that age. I think I thought that my body image and health um, focus became like when I was 17, 18. But looking back, I must have been in high school, like 13, 14, which is crazy. So that's like shocked me when I found that. But I actually remember 
sitting down and writing that diary. I can't believe it. Wow. What are your thoughts on like social media though? Because it, they're all blessings and it's a curse at the same time. Like we're able to connect with women and help them and give this information and education, but it's also a double-edged sword with the whole comparison trap. So how have you navigated that world? Yeah, for sure. Um, I relate to all of that. That's the thing. I think social media leads a lot of women to compare, like you said, their, their body or their goals to someone else. They'll see someone and they look a certain way and they think, I want to look like that, right? Hashtag body goals. But their body is not your body. They have different genes, different hormones, different lifestyle like you don't know anything about their life if you don't know anything about how they sleep their stress level nothing at all right completely different to you so you trying to look like them is unrealistic and you're going to fail you know I've done that too so you know I would see these like physique models or, or whatever like fitness models and I would do you know, they would put their what I eat in a day or my workout routine and I would follow all of that, but I still wouldn't look like them. And I would think, what am I doing wrong? I'm doing everything right, but I still, my stomach still doesn't look that way. What, what the hell's going on? Right. I was so, I felt so defeated. Like I let myself down and yeah, just basically like crap about myself. So I think Realizing that, that every body is different. So you can strive to be the best version of yourself. Um, and if you're doing that in a healthy way without restricting and over-exercising, like what I do now is essentially intuitive eating, which is really just eating, right? And also intuitive exercise. I don't have any specific plan, whereas I used to have like a bodybuilder style workout routine where you know if Monday was leg day I had to do it and if I didn't you know that was really really bad but I don't do that anymore everything's intuitive and my body like how my body looks now I think is really just the ideal way to be just everything should be intuitive and how your body looks doing that is how it should be and you know the media doesn't makes it seem like that by doing that you're lazy or you know you're not dedicated you're not motivated but i disagree i still love eating healthy i still love moving my body but you know to make it look that way i would have to manipulate so many things in my life and i was just so sick of doing that and i think a lot of people now are kind of waking up to that I've seen a lot of stuff lately, a lot of other coaches and influencers using their platform to spread the opposite message of, of bio individuality and, you know, being really health conscious, but in a way that supports your body in a healthy way, as opposed to trying to make it squeeze into this ideal of what someone else looks like when the other person, like you said, is like, you know, a foot taller than you and has a completely different body structure. Like there are so many different body types. I have always held, 
more weight in my in my middle like in my hips and I was trying to make myself look like this model-esque body and that is just not realistic so I think just being realistic and realizing the type of body that you have and that it can't ever look like that person's body because that's not you you're you you know just being okay with that making peace with that yeah self-acceptance and you can change your body fat levels but you can't change your physical skeleton to (laughs) make your hips more narrow that's not going to happen you can try all day long but I can save you the time like you can't change some of these things and I try to do my best at um, diversifying my feed so making sure that I follow um, all different people from different backgrounds different body sizes acne positive people like showing real skin that's not being airbrushed um and i noticed as well recently on social media you were doing like a what i eat in a day and i've had a dilemma with that i did a poll a few months back asking my followers is that something that you'd want to see for me or is that going to be a stress because um people follow it to a t when when they say like oh she looks like how I want to look or she has blood she's had a history of digestive issues as well so I'm going to follow what she eats how, have you had that kind of dilemma as well and um do you find that your your community benefit from the like what I eat in a day type videos I feel like they do benefit because I frame it as this is my version of food freedom right I'm essentially a food freedom coach so like this past Wednesday, I did what I eat in a day, what I eat, I do what I, what I eat Wednesday. So what I eat Wednesday, beach edition, I went to the beach. So I had breakfast at home and then I bring a bunch of stuff to the beach and then I come home and I have dinner. So it was a very, it was a very busy day, you know, in the morning and in, in the evening. So it was a, like, what do I eat intuitively when I don't have that much time to cook and when I'm out and about right I'm not home to cook all my meals you're at the beach obviously you can't have a big spread with like a steak and potatoes and vegetables so a little convection oven (laughs) yeah I mean some people go crazy (laughs) but I'm very simple I don't like to carry a lot of stuff so I feel like I just post my version of food freedom like this is what I ate for breakfast that's what I crave um kind of you know showing also the volume of what I eat. Some days I eat more than others. Um, You know, even showing like, I talk about how I don't tolerate dairy, but this past Wednesday, I just felt like having some dairy. I just felt like trying it out and seeing what happened and just showing, you know, my version of food freedom and, you know, you can get to that too. Rather than like- From what I saw, yeah. From what I saw, it's pretty different from the- like fitness YouTubers who don't really have any knowledge on nutrition where they're just eating like hardly anything like a green juice for breakfast then they're going working out for three hours and then they eat a salad as their post-workout snack so your your meal was like obviously balanced and nutritious and like quantity wise a lot more of a realistic healthy um version so um yeah totally agree with that I'm just nervous that I if I start to do that, there's going to be a day that I don't eat as much food because I'm rushing around and then you start to feel like people think you're under eating. So um, yeah, people have been asking me to do it. I might do 
um, just kind of a, a one-off to, to show what's on my plate. Because at the same time, I also want to give like evidence back to, like this is what nutrition is compared to other people who have like no idea and they're just making it up as they go. Right. That's my that's my little um, double-edged sword at the moment. But you're inspiring like me. And, yeah, we have a similar way of eating as well. Just real food, like nutrient-dense, um, not being scared to eat a lot of food because as women, we're taught oh, you need to have these tiny little portions and eat like a bird. I can see you're getting frustrated. So tell me a bit about your thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh my goodness. This is something I struggled with for so long. Um, so I've always had a huge appetite. Even when I had an eating disorder, I still ate more than a typical eating disorder, eating disordered person would, I think which is why probably a lot of people didn't know I was struggling um, and why I was never officially diagnosed because I wasn't skin and bones um, because I just, just always had a bigger appetite regardless. So, um, and especially after I stopped restricting, my appetite went crazy. I was so hungry all the time, never stopped eating. And that's leveled off quite a bit now. Um, but, you know, I, like, why do we have this idea that men eat, men need to eat more than women. Women shouldn't be all that hungry. But if you think about it, we need to carry a baby. So we need a lot of energy, like regardless of if we are currently or not, right? Our bodies are constantly preparing for that potential. So in order to do that, we need to be eating like enough food, enough fats, enough carbohydrates. And I just always thought, you know, that that was wrong. I would always feel guilty. You know, I would, I would always eat as much, if not more than like my father or, or like a boyfriend or, and it was always like a topic of like poking fun uh, at me, you know? Um, and my mom too, she, I mean, she means it harmlessly but she would look at my plate you're gonna eat all that I'm like yeah yeah watch me she just, <laughs> she just doesn't understand because she doesn't really have a huge appetite so she doesn't really understand how I can eat so much but um I also learned a bit recently about human design and realizing my type and my like my digestive type and like the type of eater that I am really was helpful in um, like quantifying how I felt my whole life and it just made so much sense. I have a very old digestive type, very primitive digestive type. Um, I also am a manifesting generator so I have like the biggest battery so I need the most food, the most fuel. It's perfectly normal for me to eat more than like a projector or I'm a reflector. So that was really, really interesting. It's like what my body knew. And then this just <laughs> reiterated what I knew about myself. So that was super interesting. But definitely don't feel like as a woman, you need to eat or should eat less or should have a smaller appetite than a man. And maybe you do. It's, it's dependent on the person. I have female friends who don't eat as much as me or don't eat as much as the men in their life and that's perfectly fine but I just made peace with the fact that I do and 
yeah, I just, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I was like, I mean, whatever. I think they've been like restricted for so long. They forget what normal is. So they're like, oh, I'm eating more because I used to eat like this much and now I'm eating a little bit more. But in terms of what is still normal, they're still a mile off. So I think also taking that into consideration. Um, for those who don't know like what human design is, um, I think, you know, Victoria? Yes. Yeah. So I had her on the podcast um, recently. It's episode number t- 77. And we touched on my digestive type. Um, mine was like eat mainly at night which I don't really, I've not tried it yet. Um, I thought I'd give it a go, but to me, I don't know if that's going to work. Um, I just, from what I've learned, I don't know, it could be like the, the miracle change if I started doing that. So eventually I'll give it a try. But yeah, for those who don't know what human design is, I thought I'd refer them to that podcast and I'm a generator. So from what I took away from that, I need it my food to be enjoyable like if there's a meal in front of me and i don't like it then i shouldn't eat it it needs to light me up and give me energy make me feel good um so yeah i think people are gonna um benefit from that episode just finding out what type they are what that could potentially mean for them because i love looking at the energetic side of things as well when it comes to health you mentioned previously about how you now are an intuitive eater i think ultimately that's the goal for everyone um trying to transition away from the dieting mentality i believe that there is a time and a place for food elimination diets and um dependent on the person but i do find things can be useful temporarily while you're trying to address a health issue and i think you're on the same page with that as well but how can someone learn to become an intuitive eater if they have for example a history of anorexia or they have a chronic candida or yeast overgrowth or their appetite is completely suppressed because of hypothyroidism and chronic stress yeah yeah so that's a tough one to navigate um it's dependent on each person so for instance um with something like candida or SIBO or parasites, right? Um, typically, it would be a lower, car- lower carb approach um, with someone that has a history of restrictive eating. That can be a little bit tough because it just seems like another, you know, controlled diet or another, you know, another restrictive thing, which can do the opposite of what they really want to do um so yeah i think with that um like i said earlier with myself changing the lens of i'm eating this way to heal my body and it will support me in the end as opposed to i'm doing this to control and manipulate how my body looks um so yeah there definitely is a time and a place for certain dietary protocols Um, but if you start to feel too restrictive, I feel like, for instance, with candida, if you're really craving berries one day, just have a few, you know, it doesn't have to be this insane thing. Obviously don't go off and have a bowl of ice cream every day, but I think having, you know, a sweet potato here and there and some berries, you're not going to automatically, you know, not heal from candida just because you have some of those things. I think it's about balance. 
and just being aware most of the time and trying to do the best you can do because at the end of the day, if you're stressed out about your protocol, you're also not going to heal. The stress is going to continue to feed the yeast and, and the bacteria. So just still having a, a, a lighter, more compassionate approach with your body and you know, realizing that it's it's the journey too. You know, learning, also learning what foods do and don't work for your body, I think is really helpful for intuitive eating. Um, also, there's a time and a place for elimination diets. I had, I had to do that too. Um, you know, I did like a 30 or, or a two month elimination diet where I got rid of the main food allergens and then I reintroduced them one by one, figuring out which ones triggered my health issues. So I think someone coming from, from that place with a lot of gut issues it can be a helpful start to figure out what works and doesn't work. I think gluten and dairy is a really common one for most people, but for some people it doesn't bother them. And I think, you know, if you tolerate those things, you don't have to eliminate them. So I think number one is learning what works and doesn't work for your body because then you can start to intuitively eat, you know? So that would be the first step, I think. And once you get past the experimentation then you don't really need to be restrictive anymore um and also just reject reject dieting like reject all those things that and like just rejecting all the rules like you know you can't eat past 7 p.m you can only eat carbs at breakfast or after a workout you know you know you should only eat this many calories like all of these rules that are absolutely endless just rejecting all of that and just dedicating yourself to listening to your own rules, you know, um, or no rules. Just reject that diet mentality that the media drills into our heads from a very young age and learning to just love and accept your body as it is and as it changes and just body acceptance, body positivity. But there's another side of that, which I disagree with um, a little bit in the body positivity space of, you know, just eat whatever you want. As long as you love your body, that's fine. But I don't really believe eating junk food and fast food every day is body positivity. Um, I think that's really harmful. So just having a balanced approach, like an 80-20 or a 90-10 approach to eating, like I just try to eat whole unprocessed foods most of the time. I don't label myself as any specific eater. And, you know, you shouldn't feel like you need to label yourself. Um, when I was eating a paleo diet, I wouldn't allow myself to eat any lentils or any beans or rice, you know, because that's not paleo, right? But now I eat those things and I'm still healthy, you know, because all of those things are still whole unprocessed foods. It's about like learning if those work for your body. I wasn't always able to digest legumes, but now I am. So if that is something that you tolerate, just because it doesn't fit under a certain criteria of whatever diet or style of eating you want to adhere to, that's not a bad thing. I think any food that is whole and unprocessed is fine. 
it's just realizing what works and what doesn't work and just staying away from those things that you know kind of hijack your brain like the sugars and the processed foods the packaged foods and yeah those those are would be my tips and just accepting as well that it's going to change like you're in the healing phase it might require something um different to when you're pregnant or breastfeeding so not being stuck in one diet dogma and never straying away like pigeonholing yourself into one area um and i'm glad that you touched on the point of the tipping scale like being restricted and very health conscious borderlining borderline um orthorexic versus being obese um not taking care of your health eating whatever you want but if someone says oh i i love my body is that really a positive thing so i'm with you on that one as well that there is a kind of balance that needs to be had and i don't also agree with the promotion of being unhealthy and being obese in some situations because we know that that's harmful in so many ways increases risk of certain types of cancer and there's no denying that um so yeah i'm glad that that was mentioned as well um lastly before we finish up i wanted to ask a bit more about the energetic side of things so you were saying about the cord cutting before i'm guessing that's kind of in that practice as well but you're also a reiki practitioner so how does how has that helped you and how do you now help other people overcome some of these mindset and limiting beliefs and health issues with these modalities yeah so what reiki does is it i mean there is an there's energy is everywhere right you can't see it it's not something you can touch intangible so um i feel like that's what makes my coaching unique i incorporate reiki with all of my clients and my coaching packages it's a non-negotiable so what it does um it works whether or not you believe it the it, it basically moves and balances the energy in the body and it puts the body into a parasympathetic state so the body is able to fully relax which can actually facilitate self-healing so if people have certain health issues it can allow them to relax and you know allow those cells to release what needs to be released because i think today most people are very hyperactive always on the go um, women especially i think that's why they run into a lot of hormonal issues gut issues mood issues so that helped me finally just to be able to relax and breathe i have a very i, I tend to lean towards the masculine side of my personality. So Reiki energy healing really brings you into the feminine where you're just relaxing, receiving and surrendering. And um, specifically, I work with clients on like food freedom and, you know, people that do want to lose weight, but they want to do it a healthy way without dieting and restricting and feeling like they can't eat a million foods. And, you know, working on opening up a lot of it is about control like that's the pattern i see with clients it's all about control which was my pattern <laughs> so just um kind of tapping into the energy of the of the of the person and seeing where there's resistance um 
a lot of the time it's around the heart um, where they they have trouble like with self-love with self-acceptance um, and also with receiving love and that really goes hand in hand with intuitive eating you know if you can't accept love and trust yourself that's the key if you can't trust yourself in general you're not going to trust your body to know what to eat so by working on that I, I find that that really helps with the whole food freedom piece in the coaching um, as well as you know around the crown chakra and just working on that control like where is that con control coming from and things will come up in session and they'll just have like a realization of where that comes from and you know I'll, I'll intuitively see or feel certain things and I'll bring it up and say if that resonated and you know usually it does so yeah it's it's like one aspect of my coaching we do work a lot on the nutrition the lifestyle and the exercise from a non-restrictive standpoint and then the other big piece is the energy and then the mindset that comes along after that oftentimes a lot comes up with the Reiki so then we work on the mindset things that come up with that so it's this whole package where when you go to maybe a nutritionist or a dietitian, um, and I was talking to one of my clients recently and she got this huge stack of papers on how to track her macros and you know we also went to the grocery store and I you know I showed her how to read food labels and she just had no idea and that really shocked me you know that you know a nutritionist doesn't show you how to read a food label and and show you how to identify like hidden sneaky ingredients like sugars and and wheat and, and things and you know you can't you can't just give someone a stack of papers be like here you go here's what you can't eat and what you can eat and good luck you know losing weight it's not going to happen yeah, she might like be reaching 200 grams of carbs, but where are those carbs coming from and what else are you getting? What other preservatives and additives and chemicals are you getting alongside those? Exactly. And I think the big missing link in a lot of practitioners is the mindset piece. You know, um, like intuitive eating, food freedom, and and weight loss is about mindset you know it's like your your surface level goal might be weight loss or to become leaner or more fit but there's an underlying thing to that always and it's always emotional and most practitioners they're just not trained in that way like I mean more clinical type practitioners so I think that's where it becomes really beneficial to have a coach to do that deeper work Agreed. Changing your diet and taking a few supplements is the easy work. And that's why people don't even consider or know about doing the limiting beliefs, the traumas, the hidden stress, but they are actually the most effective life-changing aspects. And then once you do that, sometimes you don't need to be as quote perfect with your diet because your emotional health your energetic body is fully healthy totally agree before we finish up i want to ask you a few questions for you personally just about how you stay um, healthy and happy and vibrant so the first one is what's something that you do every day to stay in hormonal harmony this can be in relation to nutrition or fitness or 
mental health? I meditate every single day. <laughs> I have to. Um, yeah, depending on how my day is going, I, I, in my ideal world, I meditate morning and night, but it usually happens in the morning. I just like to start off my day with that. Um, eat, you know, sometimes when I first wake up, I'll just lay in bed and for five minutes just tap into how I feel, what my energy is like. And that's kind of when I ask myself, what do I feel like doing by way of exercise? Um, because before I would just pop out of bed super groggy and force myself to do whatever was planned for the day. And, you know, I don't really do that anymore. So yeah, definitely meditation is, is the top thing that I do. I need to really get back into my routine again <laughs> since moving. It's not been, not been there, but I can tell the difference. So um, yeah, you've inspired me to restart my practice. <laughs> What's um, your go-to breakfast? Ooh, breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. So. Uh, it changes all the time. Honestly, I have two things that I go for. Um, I either do three eggs with avocado and some gluten-free toast, or I'll do oats with I don't know if you know New Zest, the protein, yeah, yeah. the pea protein. I do that. Yeah, it's so good. I mix that with almond milk and I top it with like almond butter, cacao nibs, coconut, chia seeds, all the fun stuff yeah. and loads of cinnamon. Those are Delicious. my Delicious. Yeah, I, lo I love the New Zest. That's my favorite um, pea protein brand. Is there a book or resource on this subject that you want to point the listeners towards? Yes, the book Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Tribble. Great. And lastly, where can people find more from you online? So your website, your services, um, social media. I'm mostly active on Instagram, which is uh, Emma's underscore remedy. And I also have a website, Emma's holistic remedy.com. So on Instagram, you can just shoot me a DM about any questions you have there's also a link to a discovery call where we can chat about potentially working together if we'd be a good fit amazing thank you so much emma i know people are really going to benefit from this and will want to get in touch so i will include all of your links and information in the episode show notes thank you so much it's been a pleasure chatting with you I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, Take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. 
We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.